0: Well, I'll say bless the Lord if you'll say, Oh, my soul, bless the Lord. Oh, bless his holy name. Good evening, Kairos. I'm Chris from the pastor here. Um, if it happens to be your first time with us, welcome. No pressure. God's peace. Glad you're here. You just happened to come on a night that the family's having a meal together. So good for you. Um, I want to let you guys know uh, wow, Matt, what an incredible job pastoring and leading us. Um, I actually thought to myself, I'm not done singing yet, um, but we'll have some more of that a little bit later. Your voice sounds incredible um, and confessional, uh, and I think it's pretty powerful when the people of God sing together the words of God. So thank you for that. What a gift. Um, If you don't mind, I'm going to jump right into it tonight. Um, It's Eucharist night, which is another word for the Lord's Supper. In uh, Greek, it simply means Thanksgiving, and we're just so thankful that Jesus Christ has come, has died, and has been resurrected from the grave so that we can live the life God's calling us to live. And we're never gonna get over that fact. you can come back every week for the next nine years and that's all we're gonna talk about is how good the gospel is. We're gonna talk about it in different places and different sections of scripture, but we are the people of God who have never gotten over the sacrifice of God so that we can become one with the will of God, amen? So we're in Luke chapter uh, 22. And uh, we'll start reading in verse 14. Would you pray with me as we're turning there? Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear? Jesus, we need you to go before us in this text and make a way. And together we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. Luke chapter 22, and we'll start in verse 14. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. I'll say the word of the Lord if you'll say thanks be to God. The word of the Lord. I uh, love it when Jesus comes together with a meal with his disciples. Um, I don't know what it looks like when your family comes together for a meal at the table. I can tell you what it looks like in my household when there's not a meal on the table and we have to go out looking for food. We ask ourselves this rhetorical question that always escalates into a fight of insecurity and incongruity. What are you hungry for? I don't know why we ask it to each other anymore. Okay, has anybody? What are you hungry for? Oh, uh-uh. what are you hungry for? Oh, uh-uh. and you just kind of just volley it back and forth until someone breaks or rushes the net. Now, this is most of us. Now, there's, you've, there's some foodies out there. You know who you are, right, Blake? You've got an opinion about where you're going to go, right? You already know. You, in fact, you, you've been planning for six months. When this question comes up, here's where I'd like to go. And I'm going to try not to rush it. And I'm going to try to act like, uh, well, what are you in the mood for? Hey, why don't we try this? And if we don't, I'm really disappointed and I'll hate you forever. This is, that's, this not, that's not how it rocks in my family. What are you hungry for? I don't know. What are you hungry for? I don't know. And then at this point, you either turn to your friend or you turn to your spouse, and you actually offer a suggestion. You're like, you know what? By God's grace and the Holy Spirit empower me, I'm gonna lead, okay? How about such and such? And what do they say? No. Now, it's at this point, if you, you want that friend to continue to be your friend, or if you want that friend to one day be your spouse, <laughs> or if you want that spouse to stay your spouse in the future, this is not the time to point out the obvious. I just asked you a question and you said, no, you didn't know what you're hungry for. I made a suggestion and you said, no, obviously you know what you're hungry for. You don't, don't say any of that out loud, okay? That's your cue to start to logically deduce and realize you are the sacrificial lamb of suggestions. And it's going to take about two or three, so don't throw out the good ones first. And they're going to swat it away like annoying gnats. Like, no, uh-uh. oh my gosh, I hate that! Right? For the love of heaven! <laughs> so by by that time, ultimately, you guys reach what is called a compromise, which is a Greek word that means both of you are disappointed mutually. <laughs> and you, you you head off for the drive-through. Unless you have multiple kids like I do, with multiple personalities and opinions that they think matters, and then you just go ahead and consign yourself. We're going to multiple restaurants, so I don't have to put up with grumbling and complaining. Our parenting strategy is we negotiate with terrorists. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> i get no invitations for marriage conferences. I don't know why, but... <laughs> Maybe it's because I need to attend them. Um, I have a question for you tonight. What is your soul hungry for? I don't know. It's okay, that response does not offend me. How about I list out some options and you can tell me which ones it's not so that we can honestly come to the table tonight and be able to name what it is that we're hungry for. So we're in the middle of a series called Fault Lines we're walking through the season of Lent and the temptations of Jesus were journeying with Jesus into the wilderness to discover the deepest longings in our soul that are so easily sabotaged by sin and temptation. And we're waiting upon the Lord and asking him to fulfill us with good things. And so as we've walked through this series, we took a look at the three temptations of Jesus, right? He's first tempted with his appetite. Take these stones and turn them into bread. And then he's tempted with ambition. Hey, you can have all the kingdoms of this world. You just don't need to go to the cross. And then he's tempted with approval, which is, hey, throw yourself down from the temple and the angels will rescue you and then everybody will know you're truly the son of God and you don't have to risk rejection um, and all this hard work with discipleship and hanging out with people you really don't want to hang out with. Appetite, ambition, and approval. What are you hungry for tonight? Now, chances are, in a family this size, you're hungry for different things, and that's okay. You can bring it to the table. But my concern sometimes with us is that we rush from place to place, activity to activity. We jump out of bed in the morning and we collapse in bed in the evening without truly pausing long enough to ask, what is my soul longing for? Where have I been cramming things down my throat to satisfy a God given desire with only things that were meant to be satisfied by God Himself? And so I'm asking you to bring your true hunger to the table tonight. So, is it appetite? Do you have an unrelenting desire for food, for drink, for sex, for intimacy? for knowledge, for approval. What is it that is driving your hunger? And I would ask you to hear the words of Jesus. This is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. So that you can hear the words of Jesus again, taste and see that the Lord is good. I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And abundant life is this, eternal life is this, that you may know God and the one whom he has sent, Jesus Christ. What are you hungry for? Bring it to the table. Is it ambition? Do you have this consistent, unrelenting drive to accomplish, to prove, to perform, to be perfect in everything, in every way? So much so that the sacrifice of Jesus is almost unnecessary or marginal. And I would ask you to hear the words of the Lord again tonight. This is my body broken for you, this is my blood shed for you, for the forgiveness of sins and for many. And I would ask you to hear his words that say, If you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, learn how to serve and sacrifice, learn how to put others first. And listen to Jesus say, hey, greater things than this are you going to do by the power of my spirit, finding fulfillment in God's plans and purposes for your life. Is it approval? Is, this, is there this unbearable hunger in your soul to be loved, valued, appreciated, and applauded by people, knowing that it's never going to be enough unless it comes from Jesus? I'd ask you to hear the words of our Lord again. This is my body, broken for you. This is my blood of my new covenant, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. What are you hungry for tonight? Bring it to the table. Now, I find it interesting, if you keep reading in Luke 22, as I was reading this um, last week something just jumped out of the page at me the disciples get done having their Passover meal and they're walking with Jesus and he's kind of being real straightforward about what's about to happen and you know they start squabbling about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God which is just classic and then he goes up to pray and says to him pray that you don't fall into temptation and he retreats a little bit further to pray and asking the Lord if there's any other way would you let this cup pass and he comes back to look for the support of his closest friends on earth and he finds them asleep and it says this the disciples were asleep and Luke adds this detail because they were exhausted with sorrow I want you to wake up I don't want you to sleepwalk through some religious ritual. And I know some of you are exhausted with sorrow. Because at the core of this, a lot of us are exhausted with fear. A lot of us are exhausted with guilt. And a lot of us are exhausted with shame. And the temptation in the next couple minutes is going to be to let these things keep you from feasting on the glory and goodness and grace of Jesus Christ don't sleepwalk through this can you understand the supernatural mystery that is available to us the surprising grace and the steadfast of our love of our lord who wants to give us strength and sustain us if you're exhausted with fear that you're never going to be, get what you want if you're exhausted with guilt that you're never ever going to be good enough and if you're exhausted with shame that who you are is just not lovable. I'd ask you tonight to bring it to the table to fight through that temptation and to ask the Lord to fill you and to satisfy you with his love as you wait on the Lord for him to provide for you in amazing ways. Wherever you're at here tonight hear the words of the Lord again. This is my body broken for you. This is the blood of my new covenant shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Amen.